Welcome back to The Unrehabilitated. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Savala. This is my co-host, Eric Hoyo. Um, Eric with a K. Eric with a K. Um, we're here today um, on this. This is the second episode of The, Unreha the Unrehabilitated. And um, we're, here to we're here today to talk about a little bit about, you know, a little bit more about my case. Um, I think it needs to be addressed. Um, and uh, I want to address it and just, you know, kind of clarify things, you know. Um, obviously, I was convicted of two voluntary manslaughters, which is kind of like, you know, a nicer version of a heavier charge, which would be first or second degree murder. Um, what had happened was, this was Cinco de Mayo 2001. Um, I was in a bar with... Uh, with multiple people and um and the bouncers were um doing their job but they were a bit aggressive um but before i i uh i i go into detail about what had happened at that time i want to talk about a little bit of what led up to that um i uh i want to be honest about this i was uh a you know, a hard-headed youngster. Um, I used to go to bars looking for fights when I was younger. It started around, I want to say to be consistent, started consistently around the age of 16. My my uh, my past was I had a couple years of wrestling under my belt, um, some boxing, and uh, that was just enough to win the majority of my fights. And um, me and my, my boys, we used to go into bars. We would look for fights and uh, start stuff with other people. And and because uh, we, we, you know, we wanted to release that energy. You know, we wanted to prove ourselves. You know, I was just, you know, um, just a hard-headed kid. You know, I, I, I never meant to kill anybody. But that's that's kind of like who I was before. Now, the day of the incident... I had, uh, the day I had went out, I had heard about this bar from friends of mine that had mentioned that, hey, you know, you know, so-and-so got beat up there, you know, so-and-so got beat up there by the bouncers. Uh, but, you know, when I had heard that, I had never thought that that would happen to me. The reason was, is because number one, I, I felt confident in being able to defend myself. And number two, I was at the stage in my life, I was 21 years old, just had a son. He was two weeks old. I wasn't looking for any fights anymore. That wasn't who I was. You know, I no longer wanted to prove myself. But um, now going back to the bar, um, I was there and I had been partying, you know, throughout the day. You know, it was Cinco de Mayo, you know, and uh, um, we had been drinking and, you know, having fun. And uh, the people that I were with, that I was with um, were a little bit more intoxicated than I was because I was the designated driver. Basically, they were my guests. Um, <clears throat> one of the guys in particularly, he was behaving obnoxiously, you know, catcalling the girls that were passing by, being disrespectful, you know. He didn't mean no harm. It's just, that's just the way he is when he gets drunk, you know. Um, you know, at first the bouncers approached the table and they're like, hey, you know what, you guys can't be doing this, you guys gotta go. And then I just, I, I humbly approached the, the bouncer by saying, hey, you know what, it's Cinco de Mayo, 
we're, we're not here to cause any trouble. We're just here to have a few drinks. We'll be on our way, man. He's like, all right, cool, man. You know, just make, keep your crowd in check. Kind of, you know, now they directed the responsibility towards me to keep everybody nice and calm. And I was like, yeah, I, I will. Well, in, in one of those incidents, I had gotten up to use the restroom. The minute I got up to use the restroom, I guess the obnoxious friend in the group, he had ordered more beers. And I didn't know that, you know, but when I was coming out of the restroom, the, the bouncer, you know, approaches me again. He's like, hey, you guys, you were supposed to finish that picture of beers. You guys got to get the fuck out of here. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, you know, I haven't even got to the table yet. Just coming out of the restroom when he's approaching me. And I was like, man, well, I mean, I was like, well, let me get to the table. What are you talking about? So I go to the table and I see him right there. And he's like, yeah, get, he's like, you guys got to bounce. But he was talking to me, not with respect. He was talking to me kind of like, you know, talking down to me like I was a bitch. And, you know, I, I understand, you know, I wear glasses, you know, I was fucking, I was, I wear Dockers because, you know, that's my, you know, I mean, I, I don't look, you know, like a knucklehead. But I was like, I don't, I wasn't liking the way he was talking to me. And I said, hey, man, you know what? I already told you we're just here to have a good time. Man. I'm sorry they bought more beers, man. But, you know, don't talk to me like I'm a bitch. And then he got in my face. Well, one thing led to another. We started pushing. We pushed each other once or twice. And then we started swinging. And, uh, well, I, I didn't realize that this guy, he was he was very good with his hands, you know. And, uh, and he was a second-degree black belt in Taekwondo, I believe. Um, you know, and he knew how to handle himself, but I knew how to handle myself. And then it ended up being a stalemate. We're both, you know, we've thrown what we had to throw at each other and we're holding each other by the neck. And then that's when I see out of the corner of my eye, uh, the bigger bouncer. He was like six foot four, 350 pounds. They called him big dog. Comes and grabs me by the, by the, by the, by the belt in the back of my, my pants and shirt. And he puts a knee in between him and I, and he takes me down to the floor, and we all go to the floor. I didn't realize there was so many bouncers there. There was uh, three or four bouncers on top of me, and there was other people that, you know, bounced that were maybe not working that day, but they were assisting in the crowd control. So, you know, my immediate reaction is when I hit the floor is, you know, to get up, you know, sprawl, you know, and I couldn't move my legs for some reason. But the guy that had started the fight from the beginning, he was on my shoulders. And every time I would post on my arms, he would sweep out and whisper in my ear, you know, something, um, you know, disrespectful, you know, conmigo no puto, that means not with me, bitch, you know. Um, and uh, I kept on trying to get up, trying to get up, trying to get up. At this point, I'm receiving kicks. I'm getting punched on the floor. Can't move my legs. Well, come to find out that there was another bouncer that was, uh, you know, specifically controlling my legs. Which if you control the legs and the hips of an individual, you really, you, you minimize the amount of damage that they can cause, you know? You can't do nothing with just, you know, your arms, you know, that you're not, you can't do much. So I finally get, you know, people are getting, trying to intervene. They're like, hey man, get off him, you know, that's enough. And when I get up, I'm able to stand up the guy that initiated the fight, he starts choking me from behind, gets a rear naked choke. Um, uh, he's a little bit shorter than me, I'm 6'2". He was like about um, 5'10", maybe five, a little, maybe a little bit shorter than that. But um, he starts choking me and I'm like leaning back and it's 
and I try to grab the arm off my neck. And, um, you know, as I'm trying to release the arm off my neck, the other big guy comes and elbows me right in the eye and nose. And he's all, stop resisting. And so I was like, I can't breathe. So I stopped resisting because I saw stars when he, you know, elbowed me in. You know, I pick up my arms, you know, and, and uh, I, I pass out. So what, what happens when you, when to people when they pass out is, you know, you release your bowels. So, you know, it happened to me, you know, and I had never had that happen to me. I've been hit by bigger dudes than that, you know, and I've never been knocked out or anything like that. This knock, this rear naked choke really, you know, put me under. By the time I woke up, you know, I, I I was thrown out the bar and I had the gravel on my hands and my and I had hit the floor. They threw me out like a bag of potatoes. <clears throat> um, at that point, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I don't remember much what happened after that, you know, because of the blackout. But, you know, from what I hear, you know, and from what I was told afterwards um, was that, you know, my gun that was close by was right my park my car was parked right in front of the uh the bar i grabbed my gun went back and you know i shot and killed the two people that you know really did the most damage the big guy that um, elbowed me took me to the ground and the guy that initiated the whole fight in the first place they were the ones that passed away um i'm i'm remorseful for that you know and and um i wish that never happened you know and but it's it's something that's already happened and, and I don't want to live in the past and, you know, beat myself up over it every day. So I choose to live my life moving forward. And uh, one of the things that, you know, speaking about my rabbi, um, one of the things that we talked about was in order for me to make amends for the you know wrong that I've done, you know, my my obligation to this world is to raise my kids right and to really, you know, you know, bring these these people up the right way, you know, and that's just the beginning. And uh, I know I owe society, you know, an apology and I apologize. You know, I I, I fucked up, you know, um, I got my ass whooped and it should be the end of it. You know, the smart, smart person in there, there's a smart person inside of me I, I like to believe and what I should have done was fucking sue that fucking motherfuckers you know and, but you know I, I reacted the wrong way and you know I did what I had to do and, and I, I paid the consequences the sentence that was given to me was 13 years I paid 12 years of that sentence and um, I paid my debt and ever since I've gotten out I've tried to live you know my life the right way you know um, Obviously, you know, why did I have a gun, you know, in the first place, you know, I was, and it's no secret, you know, I was a drug dealer, I was an alien smuggler, that was my, that was my um, business, and when you're in that business, you have to be prepared for anything, Um, you know, for other people that, you know, want to take what you have, whether, you know, to take the people, take your drugs, you know, steal, try to do a business transaction with you, not pay. There's multiple reasons to have protection. And um, I had learned that the hard way, you know, from the very beginning. 
But um, I, I wanted to I wanted to address this topic in a respectful manner because since I've gotten out of prison, which was 2014, I haven't really discussed this with many people because it's such a delicate subject, you know? I mean, you have to be, yeah, I have to be respectful of the family members and friends of the deceased. Um, you know, my case was a high profile case, you know, it's unheard of for, two, for a person to kill two people and not be given a life sentence or the death penalty, you know, I automatically qualified for the death penalty because of a multiple homicide, which is what I would have initially been fighting. But since I had been extradited from Mexico, because I, I was on the run for 10 months, um, <clears throat> since I was extradited from Mexico, Mexico at that time didn't have an, extra, an extradition uh, po policy in place to extradite people facing the life, uh, a death penalty. So the United States had a, you know, issue a, a letter from the district attorney's office stating that they, in order to receive me as an extradite, they would not um, go after the death penalty. So I was just facing multiple life sentences, which is the same thing as the death penalty. You know, I could have been laying around if I had gotten the death penalty, you know, but I didn't, you know, and, and you know, you know, God is good. And I'm so grateful to be here, man. You know, but um, I just wanted to touch that subject. Um, you know, I am remorseful for for my behavior that night on Cinco de Mayo, two thousand one. That's May fifth, two thousand one. And uh, you know, there's no way for me to make it right. You know, the only thing I can do is just prove myself through actions and uh, show that you know, hey, you know what, I fucked up, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna continue to fuck up. You know, and I walk a straight line and I do what I have to do. And, you know, I'm still the same person I was. It's just, you know, I, I don't want to go back to prison. And I'm grateful, you know, being in prison for so long. I saw people there doing life sentences for, you know, um, uh, for attempted murder, you know, a, a bar fight, you know. And, and this wasn't the first time I, you know, been in a bar fight, you know, like I said before. And this wasn't the first time I had gotten my ass with my bouncers. You know, um, I was talking to you a little earlier and uh, I was remembering that I got my ass whooped as well in Rosarito, um, spring break. You know, uh, you know, we were in a group and um, in that group, you know, there was you know, a bunch of my friends and there was people walking by and all of a sudden I see some fight going down amongst my boys and I get involved and we clean up and um, you know one of the bouncers there he grabs me and he's like I'm going to escort you out man he was a friend of he was a cousin of one of my my uh, my companions and he as he's escorting me out I have my hands up showing that I'm not you know resisting anymore you know every bouncer that crossed our paths are like is this one of the fighters they're like yeah they would take a they would take a punch straight to my jaw and I was like, oh, fuck, you know, and it happened like two or three times before I got out that gate. As I got out that gate, it's a revolving door with bars. Um, as, I, as we got out, the, the guys that we had just beat up in the bar, they were there. So one of the people in my crowd goes and knocks, lays one of them out again. And I see the bouncers looking at us and they're trying to come out the gate. So I hold the gate and I tell everybody to run. So as they're running from this gate to another gate which leads to the street 
they all got out and then I ran, boom, got out myself. Now we're all on the line, you know, um, by the cops have us now. As we're outside on a fence and stuff, we're getting arrested, you know, um, one of my friends, it was funny, you know, he was right next to me. He was like, he's saying in Spanish, no he said nada, you know, and they had him doing the splits that I shut the fuck up. You know, I had him doing the splits and I had to tell him, you know, hey, just shut the fuck up, be calm, you know. So they put us in the cop cars. Um, they start batoning us as we're handcuffed in the back of the cop cars. And, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say I was a fan of bouncers. I'm still not a fan. I'm not against the bouncers, but I'm not with them, you know. Um, but I have, I've, I had my history and, and it's, and it's, I, I, I reflect on what had happened. It, it's, I, I, and the way I reflect is like, I see that, you know, I had done all this bad stuff before that night. And even though that night I was not looking for any trouble, trouble came to me. And I don't know if it's, I do believe in karma. I do believe in karma and I do believe that, hey, you might not, you might get away with something now, but you're gonna pay for it later. Maybe, you know, you know, every every fight that I had had previously was, you know, catching up to me that night. And I'm, you know, I met my match, three, four bouncers against me and, you know, I lost, you know, and that, but I didn't take it well. Um, I was humiliated, you know, <laughs> my bowels had been released, you know, and and I was humiliated, you know, and I ran, I, I ran to Mexico, you know. I mean, what if, I'm half Mexican, I speak Spanish, so where am I gonna go? You know, I'm not gonna go to, you know, Canada. You know, I'm gonna go to Mexico. You know, try to blend in. That's what I did for ten months until they got me. But, anyways, I just wanted to address that, and you know, I mean, no disrespect to anybody, and I know there's a lot of people that aren't gonna like what I have to say, and that's okay. I'm in a place in my life right now that, you know what, I'm willing to accept the bad with the good. And that's not something I was initially able to do when I first got out of prison. I was trying to fly under the radar, trying to get employment, do stuff like that. Um, that's no longer the case. I've already proven myself. Um, so this February is going to be seven years, you know, and um, I, I wanted to make sure that people knew that I was very remorseful for those for that behavior, you know, and it's unacceptable. You know, but you know what? I paid my debt and, um, you know, I'm here today to prove that I'm not the same person that I was. And although I fucked up, it doesn't mean that I have to continue to fuck up. You know, I mean, you have a choice every day to come out and 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 and, and enjoy your life and live your life to the fullest and to make good decisions. And I make that choice on a daily basis to do the right thing, you know, and um, thank you. For, thank you for, you know, um, Thank you for allowing me to present this opportunity to to give my my version of what had happened. You know, everybody has a different version, but you know, I, I'm I'm very grateful. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. About the the bouncers. I mean, I think um, a lot of us have had um, experiences with with bouncers, and they don't they don't have proper training on dealing with drunk people. They just take advantage. And I used to be a promoter, so I've dealt with a lot of bouncers. Um, you know, even being a promoter of a club, um, and they they don't hold back. I mean, I'm not saying you know that's that's the death penalty either, but you know, it's it almost it happened to me to where if they hadn't left and quit their job, it probably would have 
happened to them as well. Um, one time we were in Riverside. Um, we're having a good time. I, I don't even remember what we were celebrating. Other than, like two of my boys, um, one of my homegirls, and um, we were out in the patio, and the bartender wasn't even paying attention. They had like a little one of those pop up little bars in the patio, and so my friend he was he was pretty intoxicated. He kept reaching and, and grabbing beer, so we were drinking for free. So we were just hanging out in the, in the patio, and um, I guess one of the bouncers came out and, and had noticed that so he goes to approach him and then um my homegirl tells him to um hey get your hands off of him so she grabs the bouncer's arm and at that moment he turns around and punches her right in the face you know to me that's like whoa like you know you don't yeah. put your hands on a woman yeah. my first reaction you know i got this beer mug those thick beer mugs that you know they don't break i'm drinking i'm not just like i couldn't believe what i just saw i'm just like what the fuck so my reaction was to throw a punch while i'm still holding this beer mug in my in my hand and, and it shattered the entire thing all over its face like instantly i mean it's just guy looked like chucky it's just blood everywhere you know the other security guards come and they're they grab me but they don't grab me grab me they're next to me like hey man calm down bro i was like no he just he just hit a, a woman that's not right you know I said, yeah yeah we understand man don't worry just relax relax and i remember i was leaning against this the rail there was a rail so i'm leaning right there like i'm like like fuck this guy right and this guy's like calm down bro this guy's like seven foot tall big black guy um calming me down so i'm like all right you know as soon as i calm down this guy like he takes a swing at me, I, I barely, I'm able to catch his fist like out of the corner of my eye. He hits me so hard, I actually literally go over the rail and I'm trying to hold myself back up, come back up and as I'm upside down, I see more security guards coming. So he was just pretty much calming me down until everybody else came out, you know, is what he was doing. So as I come back up, this big guy, you know, he grabs me he starts to, you know, rear naked chokehold on me. And, you know, I see everybody coming. So he's holding me. It's just, I'm just like a piece, like an offering, a sacrifice to these bouncers at this club. And they're just lighting me up. As I'm like barely on my tippy toes. Because this guy was tall, man. I'm barely on my tippy toes. And they're just punching me. And I couldn't even, I just remember this guy had some huge arms, man, like Hulk Hogan. So it was hard. I couldn't, I, I couldn't get my hands through. And I felt like, man, like this guy's in a, fucking kill me like that's that was my that's what i was thinking i was starting to black out and these guys are hitting me and the little bit i could touch the floor i remember i was trying to jump up push myself up to try to like get them to loosen up and i got a good jump and i don't know how but by the grace of god man he had he let go as i was like blacking out so i'm crawling but they have brought me in the club they closed the door so that none of my friends or nobody could um could assist <laughs> So as I'm crawling, they're kicking me, they're punching me, like, you know, and I'm trying to crawl out of the club. I finally reached the front front entrance. It was about a 15-foot crawl to the to the entrance, and they're still beating the shit out of me. I fucking have blood all over me. I'm thinking, fuck, man, these guys are fucking me up. And I get out, and I see a, a, a Riverside County Sheriff outside, you know, in the back of his squad car. I was like, oh, hell yeah, they're going to stop fucking me up. No, these motherfuckers kept beating me and beating me. I'm just like, what the fuck? So I finally get back on my feet, right? And I look at the cop like, you motherfucker. Like, 
Don't you see what's going on? You know, so I was, I was so, I like, I mean, I was really upset. I was fucking furious. Happened to see them take the, the first guy that started everything. They're taking him in an ambulance. So I tell him, hey, motherfuckers, you know, I'll be right back. You know, I told him, like, my mentality was like, I'm getting all of them, <laughs> you know. So I understand where you're coming from. Like, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's right, but it's like, you know, at that moment, it's like I, I had this hatred that was so fucking pissed off. I remember, you know, I came back to the club. Those guys were gone. You know, it was already close to closing time, but they split. I was even still pissed off the next day. I went the next day around noon looking for these guys, like looking for them um by myself <laughs> so i mean my intentions weren't good um i ended up speaking to the owner the owner told me you know he didn't want any problems that they had resigned um apparently a lot of people that witnessed this they knew me i didn't realize how many people were there that knew me but they um they made them aware that you know they they fucked up <laughs> so i mean and and that that anger lasted till the next day so i mean i i understand your situation um you know luckily for for the bouncers and I'm, I'm glad too they um they actually just decided just to <laughs> avoid any confrontation and, and just and just split because that that anger it's 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 crazy man it'll 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 take over your soul man because that was that was i mean i didn't care if anybody saw me i was just i was just so infuriated man it was I was like, man, these guys tried to kill me. These guys, I mean, it was about five of them. And, and, and that's one thing about bouncers. It's, it's like they don't have the proper training. They, they, they take advantage of people that are drunk. You don't need to, to be so aggressive, like, especially nowadays with, you know, all this with, with, the, with the, you know, going on with the police officers and things like that. You know, they, there's nobody to hold security guards accountable, I feel, because they could just go get another job somewhere else. Um, and they just go to the next club and then the next clubs. And, and I mean, it, it happens to a lot of people. Um, I saw it firsthand, you know, as a promoter, like, man, you know, I mean, from the other standpoint, it's kind of funny, but when it happens to you, it's, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's, it's not cool. It's, it's not cool. You know, it's, it's happened to me multiple, multiple times, but that was probably the worst time, um, to where it was like just me and getting jumped by these security guards to the point to where you know i felt my life was in danger at the moment you know when it was just you know it's just you know you hit a woman i'm gonna hit you you know it's like exactly. it's all we're defending somebody and we're just there having a good time I mean, before that it was a it was a good time you know um but these things happen unexpected unexpectedly and um it could happen to anybody yeah that's why i'm i'm glad that that they skedaddled because you know it would have been would have been a lot worse of a situation and um you know it's just even the <laughs> the sheriff man <laughs> if i could just tell him something you know this day because i mean it's like dude what are you there for man you know just he literally looked over and continued the conversation <laughs> that he was having that just boiled my like blood man like it's like motherfucker, man but um that was my close encounter with a <laughs> with security so just imagine what may have happened if you did have a gun like close by. Yeah. You know, you, you I mean which usually I like to say, you know, maybe you might not have done it, but you know, you usually, never know. Usually we I don't even remember why. 
it was it was we weren't looking for trouble you know it was, right it's like ah we don't need it you know carry anything you know it was one of those we're going to riverside yeah we're going right there by you know the university you know what, what's the worst that can happen yeah you know i mean we've been to worser events you know with um you know we're you know worse places than where we went we're going pretty much to a club that you know a bunch of college kids right. no one's expecting you know these bouncers to be that aggressive you know Fuck. i i totally relate to that and you know i'm sure that you aren't the only one that has experienced stuff like that and you know you're you're 100 correct you know um, if you're going to be in a position to do crowd control and this is just my personal observation the people that know how to really defend themselves you know if you have a a guy that has a black belt in jujitsu or something like that he's probably going to be the least person to hurt somebody because he knows that you know because he's trained you know where to hold your arm not to kill you you know and 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 he has nothing to prove you know i mean but there's not they just pick people that you know are big typically um you know and these people they're not being trained you know and and obviously this is the result of that you know that miss misstep anyways uh we're gonna take a quick break right now um we're gonna resume this conversation get down to the to the nitty-gritty um but um we'll be right back all right welcome back to the unrehabilitated i just wanted to uh share quickly that uh this show is sponsored by fight rope um please check them out um, um this is one of the most incredible jump ropes i've ever had you know i got the green one it's it's really smooth i uh, just give them a look it's very inexpensive um I love it. You know, I've always wanted to get better at my footwork, you know, and, and jumping jumping rope is a big part of that, you know, as, as far as, you know, self-defense. And also our uh, our um, other sponsor is IsoClean. Um, you can buy this at isoclean.shop um, right now. Um, these bottles are um, made for, um, you know, convenience, basically, you know, something that you can put on your hands, it's a spray, you can put it on your Muay Thai pads, your boxing, your tables, whatever. It's very inconvenient to, uh, I mean, it, it, it removes the inconvenience of carrying a bulky bottle and stuff like that in your purse or in your pockets or something super, it's like a smaller than a pen. Um, please check them out, it's very good. Um, isopropyl alcohol with aloe vera so it doesn't dry out your skin either it's top quality you don't want something with ethanol this is the best um anyways um also uh, i wanted to go back a little further and and talk about you know what leads to you know a person um getting to the point to where something traumatic happens like you know in, an incident in a bar or something like that what type of demons does a person have to have if any at all to to um, basically get to the point to where they're like fuck I'm not fucking d putting up with the shit you know and fucking just fucking react in a fucking uncharacteristic way you know what type of demons I know you know we both have our demons that we work with every day but I I just want to you know find out like what's your experience with that and you know well let me start off with um me personally I feel going to prison was something that possibly saved my life 
um, I was going down a really dark path um, as a teenager. I don't, I don't understand where this, this hatred and anger bottled up inside was coming from. But a lot of people, um, they know certain things about me. They don't know everything into detail. A lot of people don't realize certain things that I've actually been through. Um, I remember one night, it was like, that was it. You know, little things kept happening. I just kept getting upset. And, you know, those one, one, I was already on my way home. I was dropping everybody off. Um, and I needed gas. I think it was like 4.30 in the morning. And at this gas station, I want to go put gas. You know, it's me and my, my friend. And at that time, my dad was going to work with his coworker. You know, he, I had to be home at a certain time. So his reaction seeing him at the gas station at 4.30 in the morning with his coworker wasn't the, the best reaction. You know, he, he talked shit to me and I felt like, you know, this is it. Like, it's not, you know, he did it in front of my homeboy. And it was like, you're doing it in front of your coworker, you know, and it was something that that was it for me. I was just like, you know, fuck this, you know? So I got to the house and I, I used to have a few guns. I don't, I don't know where my mind was. I was looking for one. I was just, I was just in a really bad state of mind at the time. So the only thing I could find, I was still kind of fucked up. You know, I had just did a beer run. That's how fucked up I was. I, I did. I said, you know what? I went, went to the store grabbed a beer and I walked right out, walked right out, took my time. That's gangster. The, the guy was like looking at me. I looked at him and he knew not to fuck with me. It was like he saw something and I looked at him and I just walked right to the car, set it down and took off yeah. very calmly. You know, I was like at the point where I didn't give a fuck. And actually before that, I had got into it with some bouncers too. <laughs> it was a funny thing. But um, so I get to 18 packs. I'm already fucked up. I get to the house, you know. First thing I could find were pills. I was like, okay, medication, so, you know. And at the time, I didn't really take pills. I didn't fucking like to swallow pills. I was like, ah, fuck that. But I was taking them in handfuls and just crushing the beers. I ended up drinking that whole 18 pack like in 10 minutes um, and took about, I think it was like 40 pills or something, you know. And um, my mom was the one that actually, uh, realized what was going on like she tried to help me out i fucking took off walking <laughs> all fucked up just took like fucking 50 pills um so as i'm walking I, I leave the house i'm fucked up already i could already feel everything hitting me like like how the fuck you know at the time i was i was pretty skinny too so my mom gets in the car drives around just tells me to get in at that point i'm like i fucking give up <laughs> i'm not gonna walk <laughs> I just get in the car and, and that's where I stayed. I stayed in the car, parked in the driveway. She called nine one one, so they came. First people that show up were the cops. So the cops were trying to wake me up, but instead of you know trying to wake me up, fucking slapping me, and I fucking hate getting slapped, man. So I actually woke up. I I, I woke up. This fucking guy's slapping me. So first things first, I I kicked this fucking cop. And so we start going heads up in the, in the in the garage. You know, my mom's like, oh, my God, I called you to help him. You know, at that time, the ambulance, the fire department's getting there. 
I was all fucked up. I remember I, like one of the swings I totally missed. And that's when he just grabbed me, took me down the other cops, put, you know, shotguns on my face. So in front of my mom, my sister, and they're just like, what the fuck? You know, I called yeah. you to help them. And they're seeing all this. You know, they cuffed me. And I remember that. They're trying to put me in the stretcher. And um, they're like, you need to take the cuffs off. And they're like, nah, fuck this guy. You know, he's fucking, he's on drugs and blah, 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 all this shit. Well, I ended up taking one of the cuffs off. They fucking put me on the stretcher. They take me to the hospital. And um, when I got there, they're like, oh, we're going to pump her stomach. And I'm still kind of conscious. I'm like, all right, cool. And I feel so bad after this. <laughs> and, um, I had my work boots on. And um, so I was like, okay, cool. Well, what are you guys going to do? We're going to stick this big old tube down. And I was like, oh, no, I'm fine, man. I'll see you guys later. So I try to get up. And I feel... One guy grabbed me. I'm like, hey, Mac, you know, feel the other guy. And then everyone starts grabbing me. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> the cops grabbing me, but my hair, you know, I'm like, I'm, dude, let me go, dude. What the fuck? And everyone had their name badges. I started calling all their names out. I'm going to fucking kill you, Denise, Albert, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And this little nurse, man, I feel so bad. She's the one that was grabbing, you know, they're trying to control my whole body so they can strap me. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, and she's grabbing my feet. And, you know, I was skinny, but I, I worked out my legs a lot. I, I, I have very, very strong legs. Um, I was able to um, have them release my legs as I kicked back, and I just kicked the, I kicked her right in the face, man. It was so bad. Yeah, it was horrible, man. So they finally ended up strapping me, and I'm just like, and man, they had no remorse, man, but they showed that tube, like, without any lubrication. It was just like, like, ah, you know, to the point I couldn't breathe. And so they ended up pumping my stomach, and nothing came out, so it's it's crazy. Everything was already in my system. Um, I had just turned eighteen, and I remember as the, I'm laying there, they kind of you know all go away, and I can hear the cops say, "No, this guy's on drugs. Somebody normal would not act this way." I wasn't on drugs, you know. They were telling my parents all this stuff, and I remember as I was strapped in, I'm very flexible, so I was able to get one of the straps, and then as I started taking my straps off, that's when I passed out. That was it. Like from there on out, I had no control over anything that happened. So at that point, they had told my parents, you know, I had a ninety-four percent chance of dying. So priest comes, everything. Like I, they literally anointed me with the holy oils. Like they were like, he's gone, you know. And the crazy thing is, I woke up the next day and everybody was like, "What the fuck," you know. But they put me in the in the pediatric ward. You know, I was like, okay, whatever. You know, they said, oh, we're, we're filled over here. We have to put you in pediatric. And I didn't, I saw this as a sign years, years later um, when I was in prison. Everything kind of came to light. I started, you know, seeing everything in a different perspective. But while I was in the pediatric ward, I'm hearing parents crying, you know, the kids are dying next to me. And I'm telling the nurse, like, you need to get me the fuck out of here. Like, this is fucked up. You know, and that's something that, that I won't forget is hearing, you know, doctors telling their, their kids' parents, like, your, your son just died, you know. Oh, and, and, and I'm in there, I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. I don't, I don't want to be here. So I had to take some treatment and stuff, and, and I didn't learn my lesson. You know, they told me if you, if you have another beer, you might die. Like, literally, mm-hmm. your, your liver will just fucking blow up. 
So I, I didn't drink for a little bit, but then, I mean, I was still in a place to where I was like, I don't give a fuck, you know? I was still fighting my, my mental demons, you know? And, and it's something that, that's real, that people suffer all the time. But um, right after that, it was probably three, four months. <laughs> three, four months, I was at a house party, barbecue. Everything was good, man. And fight broke out. I go out to the front, you know, my friends arguing with somebody or the guy was shooting in the air. My friend was, you know, got an argument with him. So I go up like, hey, you know, what's going on? And, you know, I called him out. I called him out like, well, you want to go heads up? Let's go heads up. So lucky for me, he had ran out of bullets, <laughs> you know, so I push him like, okay, we get in our stance. Like, let's, let's go ahead. Let's, let's go. And I remember him calling out for his homeboy. But at this point, I'm just like, I'm focused on this guy. And all I see is out of the corner of my eye, I see somebody. Literally, it's from the hood of the car to the trunk. He's coming around the trunk as I turn to look at him. You know, this guy comes out with a shotgun. He pumps it. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. So it was a split second. If I didn't turn around, he would have shot me right in my chest. If I would have turned all the way around I'd probably be paralyzed or still dead he got me at the point where I was turning around and got me sprayed me all on the side still went into my chest um I still have a lot of strap metal in my chest so there I go again to the hospital and tell my parents again you know he, he might not I lost three pints of blood which is a lot you know but at that point in time that's when I I saw kind of like a vision of all the fucked up shit that I've done. So I was like, oh man, this is it. You know, but I remember I started choking on my blood and it was kind of like, I started praying. I was like, you know what? And I know it's not about religion, but this is my personal experience. Um, I said, you know, I, I apologize because I'm sorry for all the fucked up shit I did. Just let me see my mom one last time. Mm -hmm. So I made it to the hospital conscious and everything, man. It was it was funny because I they brought a wheelchair. I threw myself out of the car, they had all this shit wrapped up, like, it was, I started, as soon as I got out of the car, just blood gushing, just tsh, tsh. so everybody in the ER is in there with, ah, oh, you know, I got a headache, and oh, my, my thumb hurts, and I walk in there, and this is like, tsh, fucking gushing blood, it was like, oh my god, and I remember the first thing, I said, I got insurance, I got insurance, it was like, they locked down the whole hospital, ah, they were like, they're gonna come and try to kill this guy, the sheriffs come in, they're trying to interview me. I'm just like, oh, like I could barely talk. My lungs collapsed. I'm just like, just drowning in blood at the time. And the cop's like, uh, do you know who shot you? Uh, was this gang affiliated? I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I'm like, dude, I was like, let's see if I fucking make it. Get the fuck out of my face and come back, yeah. you know? Um, so. I ended up going through seven surgeries. I had to take a, a vein out of my leg, replace my artery in my arm because it was just, I mean, I had probably the best doctor. I was his last patient, Dr. Campbell from Loma Linda Medical Center. And he finished me up before he went to Colorado, I remember, but he they were barely like getting into the whole microscopic surgery. They redid all my nerves, skin grafts. Like, it's crazy, man. Like seven surgeries. I remember the day I woke up because I was in a coma. And I woke up, first thing, oh, I got my arm, you know, but I couldn't talk. I had tubes, you know, and then I look and I'm like, what the fuck, my stomach, I had a big ass, you know, staples in my stomach. I'm like, what? 
like my leg I had like 150 staples or like in my mind I'm like I couldn't talk I'm just like the hell man but you know I had pellets all over my my abdomen my chest so they had to take all my organs out and that's what made sense because my stomach was lopsided because when they take everything out they just put everything back in just like that and they kind of readjust so it yeah. takes a couple of weeks for a bowel movement but um from that point like i think i think i was more into you know like man like i need to change my life i'm i'm, I'm fucking up you know mm -hmm. um but i got out and I, and I think i still had the anger i felt after that was the anger that my my parents went through you know, so there was still that hate. So, you know, I, I was like halfway to kind of like, you know, getting over it. But those demons, you know, those, those demons are, are really strong, man. When, when you carry that hatred, you know, it can, it can ruin your life and a lot of other people's lives. Because I, I, I can never forget that those emotional scars of seeing your parents, you know, over you like you know it's like you know they thought i was gonna die again it was like the second time in like four months you know it's like there's something that kept me alive there's a reason why maybe i asked for it in prayer and and i made certain promises that i didn't keep in the beginning either so i was in a total like a, a self-destruction mode after that i was just like that hatred that anger it was just something that i couldn't get out of my mind it was just it's like no they're gonna have to suffer the same way my parents suffered Right, you know that was my mentality. Like, no, I'm, I I can't get over it. I can't, you know, and I ended up running into one of the guy's friends that shot me because I couldn't remember the guy's face. I saw it. I couldn't, you know. I got wind that they were somewhere, and I didn't care who it was, you know. Remember, we we went up. Um, probably shouldn't tell this part of the story, but you know, this is happened a very long time ago. Um. As they were, they heard somebody had told told them that I had found out where they were. So this trailer park, it's a big trailer park in Rialto. It's one way and one way out. I was just down the street. So somebody was there. I was like, "Hey, these guys are here." I just, I don't know the address. I was like, "Tell me what's around." You know, and I know my neighborhood really good. Some depot's right here. I said, "I already know where you're at." So I shoot down there. As I get down there, my first intention, I block the 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 exit, and they're coming out. It was about four car loads. Of these guys i jump out they jump out of their cars to take off they're like <laughs> you know because they already know like i'm yeah. I, i'm still like you know i still have that that i had that anger you know first guy you know i'm sorry man but um you know i i, I let him have it <laughs> um you know he tried crawling away and i i i i um i hurt this guy really bad you know he he survived but he didn't he wasn't all there after that but um you know it's that that anger i went to prison you know, not for any of that stuff, um, but I feel like I went to prison to to help my 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 soul to soul search to have more time away from everything for myself, and that took me back one day um, to a phrase in the Bible that I had read, and that kind of just opened everything because first I was anointed with the holy oils, you know, and I was like okay, and I read, you know. If anybody's committed sins, he'll be anointed with the holy oils. He'll rise again and be forgiven of all sins. So I read that. And I was like, what? So I kept just opening up pages. And then I feel like the reason I was in the pediatric ward at the time was because I wasn't able to see what my parents were going through. 
So I was able to see other parents' experiences. So this is kind of like I felt it was God showing me, look, this is what you didn't see, which is, that was painful for me. Right. I could only imagine what my parents were, were feeling at the time. Probably, I mean, you know, maybe it's something that, that maybe I'm glad I didn't see. But my mom says it kind of changed her seeing my dad break down because he felt responsible because, you know, it wasn't really his fault, but it was it was a tipping point, right. you know, for me. It was things that led up to that. And I was just like, I kind of threw my hands up like, I'm done, man. Fuck everything. Um, and a lot of people don't know that story about me. They just know all, you know, all the other fun stuff. <laughs> right. But but um, that was what I was dealing with my demons. But being incarcerated was something that kind of. I had anger for other stuff, but most of the part that was causing all this havoc, that that demon, I think I tamed it while I was in prison. That helped me out. It helped me understand a lot of things. I needed that time by myself. Um, but that's that was that was my experience dealing with demons. Even though we still have certain demons that we deal with, um, you know, it's it's crazy and and you know. Suicide is something that you know a lot of people think about, and it's it's the mental illness that that's real that's out there. You never know what people are going through. Um, you know that's why you know I try to always treat everybody. You know everybody I meet. You know that's, I think that's what kind of help helped me in the businesses. I never judge people, and right. people always felt the connection with me because you know it was genuine. If not like you know I was trying to sell them a product. I mean I was, but at the same time. You know, there was always that connection, you know, because that, that, that helped me a lot, a lot with that. But, um, mental, mental illness, mental demons, it's, it's a big problem. You know, not everybody's strong. I, I was weak. I was weak. Um, I'm stronger now. It's made me stronger. Um, I couldn't imagine, you know, not having my, my children around because that was before kids, you know, and, and. I think about that every day to where it's like, man, like that's crazy. Like I could have not had any of this, you know? It's, so it kind of tells me like, man, no matter what you're going through, you know, there's a brighter road ahead, man. It's going to get much better. And it has, you know, my kids are, are, you know, that's, that's everything to me. You know, I just want to make sure that they're, they're taken care of that, you know, they're going down a good path and not going through anything that I went through. You know, and that's that's the the other side of the rainbow right there is, um, you know, after the, the storm comes a calm because that storm during my younger years was it was it was hectic. It was, it was a lot going on, you know, but everyone gets weak at one point, you know, and, and I'm not ashamed to, to, to say it. But, you know, I, I, I gave up, you know, but God didn't, didn't give up on me. You know, he kept me he kept me in the fight, yeah. <laughs> you know, and. That's, yeah. So that's pretty much the first time I've actually talked about that story. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time I've heard of it, and I've known you for, for a while now. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that, that, I mean, those experiences right there are part of you, you know, and they make, they make up, you know, a big portion of your personality, of, of you know, your empathy for others, you know. Um, <clears throat> Um, you know, and I know this is, you know, not a religious, you know, um, uh, podcast. Um, I, I can say it's, a, there's spirituality in it, you know, and, um, 
I kind of felt, you know, um, in, in like, you know, reflecting right now when you were talking and stuff like that, thinking about my, my journey and what I had to go through and stuff like that. I kind of feel like there was, you know, uh, in the previous episode, I mentioned that I was, you know, abandoned. But one thing about my, my biological mother was that although she was drug addicted, you know, I think heroin was her drug of choice back in those days. Um, but one thing we always did together was every night, no matter where we are, where we were, and, you know, we, uh, there was points where we lived in a car, you know, because she had burned every bridge, stole from people that opened doors to her. Um, there was a point that we lived in the Salvation Homeless Shelter, you know, and they had a program for uh, mothers and kids. And um, well, no matter where we were, we always, every night, we kneeled down to pray. And <clears throat> I just got re-in contact. I, I got back in contact with her just recently, you know, after 30 years of not seeing her, you know, and, and that was the first thing that I, I thanked her for. I was like, thank you for, you know, introducing me to God, you know, and, and, uh, and I, I'm, I'm comfortable with sharing that, you know, because God has had a hand in my life for, you know, and no matter what I do, you know, he, he saves me from myself and, and he protects me from all my demons, you know, and there's a lot, I got a lot of demons. Um, I thanked her for, uh, you know, for introducing me to God because, you know, that relationship that I've had at, since I was born has kept me, you know, I feel that it's kept me from being thrown away, you know, like no matter what, you know, I, mean, I didn't deserve to be given a second chance to come out, but you know what, he, you know, he saw something in me that maybe I didn't see at the time, something that, you know, that, you know, would benefit maybe humanity in the, in the future, or even if it's just being the father to my kids, you know, being a father for my kids, which is something I never had, except for my, you know, adopted parents, which they did, a, they try to do a good job, you know, um, I thanked her for that, and I also thanked her for making me a U.S. citizen, because, oh man, I'm glad, you know, um, I have uh, five, uh, four other siblings, and one of them, the youngest one, he's uh, born in Mexico, and the opportunities over there are a lot less than, you know, we have over here, you know, and I'm so grateful that she came and, you know, made me a U.S. citizen, and I'm, you know, that no matter what I do, no matter how many times I fuck up, they can't get rid of me, you know? I'm their problem. I'm I'm a citizen, you know, but you know, and and going back, you know, I kind of feel like my life, no matter what I was doing, even though I knew I was doing wrong, you know, I knew that one day I would have to, you know, confront or, or be confronted with my behavior, knowing that there's something bigger than myself up there, you know, and. Um, I remember the day that I finally came full circle. You know, I, uh, when, I, when I was dealing, I'd be passing by churches and I would look and I would make a little eye contact with it. And I was like, all right, stay away. Um, you know, before I had gotten to prison, you know, I started, you know, well, just to make, you know, give a little history. I was in prison and, you know, if you need, if you're in prison, if you got a couple of, what they call hot ones in prison, you know, a couple of homicides, you're going to need a good lawyer. And every lawyer charges over $100,000 if they're somewhat decent, you know. So 
I had accumulated a lot of money, you know, in, in my business. But at the point that I had, um, and this is probably going to have to be for another episode, is, is when I was arrested, I was jacked by the federal, um, by the PGR in Mexico. They cleaned me out. They cleaned my clock. They basically robbed me. They took a whole house, furniture, clothes, everything. All my, you know, everything that was that I had of value, like physical, was taken from me. You know, when I was extradited, before I was extradited to the United States. So, um, you know, I was set up over there, and, and uh, I was set up over there by, you know, the, the the people that were running the show down there. Um, not anybody. There was one person in particular. He's no longer alive. But um, they set me up, and, and and I had, you know, no longer had the savings to go and pay a hundred thousand dollars for a lawyer. So there was multiple things that had to happen. Property needed to be sold. Um, things needed to be organized, and I couldn't do it. You know, and I remember that you know I was in a cell. <clears throat> I was in the county jail, and I was just so frustrated. You know, my whole life, my my whole life, I never not my whole life, but you know, I never really needed anybody because I've always been on my own. And I thought that I would save money and not need anybody. But you know what? It came to the point to where I did need somebody and, and, and I couldn't do them on my own. And once I came to that, once I was brought to my knees by that realization, I, I was um, basically, uh, I jumped on my bed and it was nighttime and the lights were still on because they always have a light on in, in your cell. <laughs> I covered myself with a blanket and I broke down crying. I was like, I can't do it. You know, I don't throw my life away, you know, give me a second chance. You know, I know I've, I don't deserve to be free, but give me a second chance. And I kid you not, and this is a true story. I got on the phone and once I, after that breakdown that I, you know, just basically gave up and, and I called the next day and I called my ex and she's like, great news. You know, your semi trucks just got sold. You know, great news. I'm giving them money from these properties and stuff like that. It's that everything started falling into place. The very next day, not a week, not a month, the very next day, he was just, he, he took everything from me, removed everything from me so that I could have nowhere to go but to him. And once I came down to that, you know, that it, it changed me, you know. I know I still fucked up, you know, afterwards, you know, and, you know, you get, you know, you get these worldly distractions, but uh, I'm a different person. Um, <clears throat> this is going to be the end of this episode. Um, sorry it took so long, but um, I wanted to also give a shout out to uh, the Getting Uncomfortable podcast. Uh, I just came out on episode nine. Um, it's um, it's hosted by Eric Oresk and OJ uh, Orlando Jimenez. Um, give them a look. It's a wonderful podcast. If you ever dealing with any issues, wonderful, wonderful to hear. Um, you know, Eric, you know, I mean, any, any any last words before we end this episode? Don't judge. <laughs> Don't be too harsh. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. We're all human, man. Be nice. Yeah, be nice. <laughs> all right. Thank you for having us. We look forward to, um, please, uh, subscribe, share, cut out. Uh, I remember Kurt's full. All right. Now we know.